Welcome to the Holy Sisters. I'm Carrie. And I'm Heidi. And we're excited to be back today. Um, how how has your week been, Heidi? I don't know how long it's been since we've been back. It's been good. I just got back from vacation, so. That's right. Yeah, it was a good week. It's a good week for you. Well, mm -hmm. awesome. Well, you should be all r rested and ready to go for today's, yes. today's uh, episode. I think it's gonna be a good one, but first, um, I think we need to just do a little refresher about what our episode, uh, what our episode, what our podcast, podcast is, about. is all about. Okay, so our podcast name is The Holy Sisters, and what The Holy Sisters is all about is really about the Holy Self, which is something that we both kind of discovered um, through our faith transitions, and so it's really um, similar to what what I guess LDS people believe in as the Holy Ghost. <clears throat> and and we just think instead of it being some different being that the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit is really what's within you. And um, you know, like that's why I'm Holy Heidi and you're Holy Carrie. That's right. So it's about the Holy Self mm -hmm. and, and discovering and trusting the Holy Self um, right. over anything else. And kind of you're, you yourself having that power to know if something is right or exactly. wrong. Exactly. Yeah, and we just feel like that's empowering. Yeah, and the power is within. We found that that's just the better, more empowering way to live. Right, right. And we, we do, um, if you'll notice listening to our podcasts, we always refer back to that. Right. Even though we like make fun of and laugh at things because right. we have been through some trauma with church experiences and we, I think a lot of people use humor in a way to overcome hurtful experiences and just maybe things that they've gone through together. It's just, you can find humor in it. And I think that's right. healthy, right? Yeah. But I think to go forward, we don't just stay in that space of making fun of things. We do give a way to go forward and just, it's all about trusting yourself. Right. Right. <clears throat> so we're going to talk about our topic today. So our topic is the priesthood. Yay. Yay. So I'm just going to read a little definition, then we're going to play a video. So the priesthood is the eternal power and authority of our Heavenly Father. Through the priesthood, God created and governs the heavens and the earth. Through this power, he redeems and exalts his children. He gives worthy priesthood holders authority to administer ordinances of salvation. So for those of you that aren't LDS, um, if you've ever heard the term priesthood holder, um, that only refers to men, only refers to worthy men. Um, boys start getting this when they're at 11 now. They start getting this priesthood authority. But like um, it said right here. When did that change? Um, 2018 maybe wow ish. so um it's, it's the year they turn 12 so like if they have a like a late birthday like a november birthday that whole entire year that they're 11 they can have the priesthood so, so they could be like 10 or well no they could be like <clears throat> barely like only a few months 11 you know like okay just entering into their 12th year oh so if they turned 11 in 2022 right at the end of 2022? Like, it, let's say they if they could. have a November birthday. <clears throat> wait. Yeah. So if they have a November birthday, that, Janu that January, so they turn 11 in November, then January, oh. they can get the priesthood. So okay. they can spend the whole year being 11 with okay. the priesthood. So that makes Got sense. Got it. Yeah. yeah. So it was confusing to me, too. 
But um, anyways, they get this priesthood, and like it said in here, it, um, it's the God's same power. So they believe they get these powers of God. They can use these powers in different ways, and they have different um, priesthood duties. <laughs> so we're going to listen to a little video from our favorite person. So uh, Brad Wilcox, uh -huh. <laughs> he, obvi he obviously has some something to say about everything and he has to have something to say about the priesthood and gives a really fun definition about that. So where, yes. So um, we were thinking the other day, like he's a general authority, mm -hmm. right? And general authorities usually have like Richard G. Scott, M. Russell Ballard. Thomas like, S. Monson. Yeah. Like <clears throat> I think Brad should have one too. So yeah. I think maybe we should call him F. Brad Wilcox. That sounds good. Good. Me. So um, F. Brad Wilcox. Yeah. So F. Brad. F. U. Brad Wilcox. <laughs> F. Brad Wilcox um, has something to say about the priesthood. So let's play and comment on that video. He stands for priesthood. Priesthood. How many of you used to play school? Okay, good. I'm glad to see those hands up. How many of you used to play church? I'm glad to see a few hands go up. <laughs> My kids played church. They'd pull out the stuffed animals. They'd put them on the couch. They'd sing the song. They'd do the talk. Got a little nervous when my daughter started blessing the sacrament. But um, yeah, Brad they'd, they'd play church. And I used to think, oh, that's so cute. It's so cute. But now I'm older. And I realize it wasn't just cute. It's actually what most people in the world are doing. They're playing church. F. Brad Wilcox. Yep. They want it to count, but they don't have the authority. They don't have God's permission so that the things they do really count on earth and in eternity. Man, I want what I'm doing to count. And to be able to have that, we have to have the priesthood. We have to have that. I, uh, I lived in Wyoming while I was getting my PhD and I was working at the university in what they called the writing center. And in the writing center, people would come and get help with their papers. And I would supervise a few tutors who worked there with me. Well, one girl came late to work and I said, where have you been? She says, I'm sorry, but I was at my wedding rehearsal and I just, I'm just so upset. I said, maybe you shouldn't marry him. And she said, I'm not upset That's at my advice. fiance. I'm upset at the preacher. I said, how can you be mad at a preacher? They're nice. They're nice. She They're said, nice. well, I'm not mad at the preacher. I just don't like those words. What words is she talking about? Till death do you part. Most churches don't say that anymore. Now they say, as long as you both shall live. It's the same. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds like Satan in the She didn't like those words. She said, I feel like I'm getting divorced the day I'm getting married. I was like, oh, this is like a missionary moment. This is a missionary <laughs> moment. Ew. I, but he's taking Brad, that opportunity on, don't to. Don't blow it. Don't blow it, Brad. So I said, to do in my church, work. we get married don't in the temple. 
where we are sealed for time and all eternity. And she went, Oh, I love that. I love how he's like kind of generalizing that. That's all I'm going to act. Fill the font. I'm going to baptize this girl right now. <laughs> fill the font. Fill the font. No, she didn't want to get baptized. She didn't even want to meet the missionaries. But she did want to rewrite her wedding ceremony. So she went to the minister and she said, may I write my own ceremony? And he said, for an extra fee. He did not. So she paid the he extra money. That. And she wrote her own ceremony. And I sat there in that Protestant church and listened as the preacher sealed them for time and all eternity. That comes. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it. I mean, I'm freaking out. I'm like, whoa. Everybody in the church was like, oh, that is so special. I was like, that is so wrong. That's just like wrong, like lightning bolt wrong. Why? It's a free country. They can say whatever they want to say. Why did I feel it was wrong? Authority. No authority. They just didn't have permission to say those words. All right. Throwing a two-year-old tantrum right now. So if F. Brad Wilcox was my little two-year-old, which he's acting like right here, I think I'd grab by the shoulders and say, this is how we've talked to a two-year-old that was throwing a tantrum like he just threw, and I'd say, little F. Brad, we do not... (laughs) We do not say those words. We don't slam our fists down and and yell at people. Lightning bolt. Lightning bolt wrong. Like, couldn't you think of nicer words to say, Brad? F I mean, F Brad. That was just, but that is what the pre, I mean, that's how Mormons think about priesthood. I mean, he's a general authority that, I mean, that's honestly what people, I mean, was that far from what you remember hearing about? No. Me either. I mean, he was a, a lot dramatic. Yeah, he was pretty dramatic. Yeah, but but in general, but you the know, teachings. I mean, the, te- the this stuff the Mormon he's church is, is the one and true, right? One and only true church. Other churches have partial truths, right? But there, there's only one, and they're just hundred percent. They're just playing church, playing church. Yeah, and heaven forbid his girl so pretend to pass the sacrament. That yeah, would be awful. I would be worried about that. Anyways. So we got some listener mail that someone sent us because we reached out about this and someone sent us an experience that they had with the priesthood. Do you want to read that, Heidi? Okay. So this happened when I was serving in a stake relief society presidency. A strange man had been seen hanging around various church buildings in the stake. He had attended a few services and was also asked to leave a few times for loitering outside church buildings and occasionally inside church buildings when there were no services or other activities going on. One day, creepy dude up and murders his brother-in-law that he had been staying with. He was captured by the police, but everyone in the stake was a bit freaked out. The stake presidency issued a new rule that for an indefinite period of time, no one could meet on church property without a priesthood holder present. Creepy dude was already in jail, so I'm not sure what the point of this new rule was, but whatever. Problem. Our Relief Society presidency meetings were just women and held at church. We discussed 
uh, we discussed meeting in people's houses instead, but one of our presidency members offered to have her teenage son attend with us so we could meet at the church as usual. About this teenage priesthood holder, he was short, skinny, super socially <laughs> awkward, and very, very shy, but he held the priesthood. My reaction to this suggestion was that the only way this kid could protect all of us from a murderous intruder is if I grabbed him around his ankles, swung him over my head, and threw him at the murderer. <laughs> but his mom had faith in her 16-year-old son's magical priesthood magic. Why God wouldn't protect four women gathered together to do God's work unless, <laughs> unless a penis was in the room. I very much questioned at the time. <laughs> I love that story. It's so true, oh, though, because these magical little, priesthood powers. These little boys get these magical powers, and you're, I mean, you're told that, you know, so they learn how to serve and all this yeah, stuff. Like, actually, what is that kid going to do if the murderer showed up? Right. In, you know? In, I'm sure he looked like any other scrawny little 16-year-old. Like, mm -hmm. what, he's going to protect, like, four fully grown adult women wow who could very well take care of themselves anyway so we're going to talk about a couple other recent stories that have been in the news about people with priesthood powers so this is very recent you could google this there is a, a gynecologist at very popular gynecologist OBGYN at BYU well near BYU and um, a lot of girls went to him for their like premarital exams and stuff to get birth control or whatever um, but he would do like pap smears without you know how usually you go to get a pap smear and mm -hmm. there's a they always have a nurse in there right you know um, with first like safety reasons whatever and so but he wouldn't do that and like he was giving inappropriate Gross. like exams and like unnecessary exams and um, girls have started talking about this like and nobody wanted to say anything for one thing I think a lot of women in the LDS church they don't you don't talk about like sex or even like right doctor's visits things like that and probably not just the LDS church is probably a cultural problem too but I think the LDS church makes it worse because we're supposed to trust priesthood leaders and this guy right. was a leader in the LDS church and so he was just trusted blindly. And so, um, anyways, he's being sued. He doesn't have a, he doesn't have a license now. He got his so license gross. stripped away. He's being sued by like twelve women. Gross. So I'm so sorry that happened to them. But um, I wish them the all of all of the luck they need to win this lawsuit. They need to stop people like that. Creepy. And there was another creepy guy, uh, BYU professor. This is pretty recent too. Um, he would call girls into his office. Um, he would offer to give them priesthood blessings. And he would say he had received revelation, you know, for to them. To give them a little bit more? Yeah, to give them a little bit more, whatever. And then he used that as a grooming tool to groom these girls and um, eventually have sex with them. And he also is no longer a professor at BYU and is getting sued. But these stories have something in common. Like yeah. these girls trusted this authority, priesthood, priesthood authority holder. figure. Yeah. Well, and that's what we're told. Right. To, you know? Right. You just blindly trust because. Um, well, and I'm sure, you know, it it happens in other churches too. Like right. With, with pastors. Well, it definitely and, happened in the but, Catholic church. Right. Yeah. 
but so, but it, I think it, there's that's as, as a problem again, not just with the Mormon Church, but um, but definitely a problem in Mormonism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely scary, and not to say every priesthood holder is this way, but I think there's. Right. But you're told that yeah, it, you know when they but hold it, the it priesthood, cr- it creates a situation that people trust too much. Yeah. Right, they right. don't, and they don't have that internal authority telling them no because they're like, oh, he has the priesthood. Anyway, Crazy. so we're gonna go over a Relief Society lesson Ooh. teaching women about the priesthood. Ooh. You know, just like F. Brad Wilcox did, yeah. taught us about the priesthood. This lesson does the same thing. So I'm just gonna read some of these quotes, and we're gonna ask the questions that were in the manual. So we're gonna have a little Relief Society lesson today, Heidi. Okay. So we must work continually to perfect our own characters and fulfill our responsibilities. We may also need to encourage and gently remind priesthood holders in our home to honor and magnify their priesthood callings. Young women, as well as mothers, can do much to encourage young men to attend their meetings and prepare to serve missions. Elder David B. Hate said, you young ladies have profound influence on young masculine behavior. Your influence with young men is important. You encourage church standards and dress in dress and conduct. So right there, I think that's super problematic because that's telling girls that the way they dress, the way they act, the way they talk is making making or breaking these boys. Like they they have responsibility for these this boy's spirituality which is absolute bullshit. Mm-hmm. And then it goes on to say, when a wife has a positive attitude about her husband's duties in the church, it makes it easier for him to carry out these du- those duties. Her attitude also communicates to their children that having the priesthood in the home is a great blessing. Oh, how sweet. So, yeah. <laughs> like, when I hear that, it's like saying, go, go be a sweetheart to your important priesthood husband. Mm-hmm. No matter what because mm-hmm. he has important duties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a blessing. It's a blessing. So, um, question. This is a question for Manuel Heidi. How can a woman organize her daily activities so that she can better support her husband in his priesthood callings? Wow. I don't think any woman should be organizing anything to support her husband in his callings. Like, like what... I mean, you can be supportive of each other and kind to each other, but you don't need to organize your daily activities around making your husband more important. Right. That's so horrible. Okay. While the father is the leader in the home, his wife is his most important companion, partner, and counselor. I'm going to start calling you my most important companion. (laughs) I don't want to, I would, I would just would hate it if, if Mike referred to me in that way, wow, <laughs> calling me his most important companion. A husband and wife must work together to strengthen the family and teach her children the principles of the gospel. But fulfilling her role as a counselor to her husband, a woman can reinforce her husband's position as head of the home and encourage greater family unity. So it's just you're, you're, you're his help. That's, that's your duty. So we also honor the priesthood when we treat our husbands with, oh, this paragraph makes me mad. We also honor the priesthood when we treat our husbands with the same gentleness, kindness, and love they should maintain as bearers of the priesthood. The prophet Jessalem Smith counseled the religious society to teach women 
how to behave towards their husbands, to treat them with mildness and affection. When a man is borne down with trouble, when he is perplexed with the care and difficulty, if he can meet a smile instead of an argument or a murmur, if he can be met with mildness, it will calm down his soul, soothe his feelings when the mind is going to despair. It needs solace and affection and kindness. And affection. Right. So what about the wife? Right. What if she's having a shit day? Is she just supposed to be She's like, just supposed to be sweet. Be sweet. Show up with a smile. Put on your mascara. And then get ready for Prats. some loving. <laughs> Let's make it all better. When he, because he's born down with the trouble. And perplexed. And perplexed. And needs to release his anger. Needs to be met with a smile instead of an argument. <laughs> You know, I, yeah, we all know that's bad. We don't need to spend a lot of time on that. It needs a solace of affection and kindness. Oh, my gosh. In a revelation given to Emma Smith, wife of the prophet Joseph, Joseph, the role of a wife and her relationship to the priesthood is set forth. The Lord told her. Okay, I have to go into a little history on Emma here. Okay. Okay. So Emma Smith and Heidi, I don't know if you know this complete story. So let me know if you do or don't. So Emma, so she always had a problem with like the doctrine of polygamy. Okay. So Joseph Smith had, she caught Joseph in the barn with the maid. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, The doctrine of polygamy wasn't even a thing yet. Okay. But she catches Joseph in the barn with the maid. Then all of the sudden, Joseph gets this revelation that the Lord commanded him to practice polygamy. Wow. Right? Like, mm-hmm. how convenient. I think I didn't know that, but you had, I, you told me this. Yes. Yeah, that's convenient. And now so like this was one of the things that very first broke me because it was in, like, an actual church essay, like these essays that the church wrote about polygamy. And I was reading about this, and I was just like, that's a little too convenient. Mm-hmm. And he, it seems like he's using his power as a prophet to manipulate his wife and lie to his wife. You know, like, because yeah. he could just get a revelation about anything. Like, oh, I got a revelation that I don't have to pick up my socks anymore. Yeah, I got a revelation <laughs> that after this, I need how many more wives? Yeah. How many wives did he have? I think 30 something, something oh, like wow. 30. Yeah. And he oh, had, ma- I think what she was like sealed to him was like number 20. Three to be sealed to him like he got sealed to all these other women for time and all eternity before he sealed himself to emma what yeah like he had all these secret marriages the behind her emma back thinking yeah well she didn't know he was lying to her he she didn't know that's been well she probably knew guys but. have been lying for a long time right right so this is an revelation given to emma smith wife of the prophet joseph Thou art an elect lady whom I have called, and the office of thy calling shall be for a comfort unto thy servant Joseph Smith Jr., thy husband, in his afflictions with consoling words. Continue in the spirit of meekness, and beware of pride. Let thy soul delight in thy husband and thy glory which shall come upon him. So he was getting all these revelations. Okay, so I don't I don't think Joseph Smith was a prophet actually getting words from Christ. I think he was like pulling this stuff out of his out of his butt. Yeah. Okay. And so we're gonna read that again as of this this is Joseph making this shit up. Okay. Okay. 
and he says, but he's telling it to Emma as if it's coming from God. So let's think about how manipulative this sounds. Thou art an elect lady whom I have called, and the office of thy calling shall be for a comfort under my servant Joseph Smith Jr., thy husband, in his afflictions with consoling words. Because poor Joseph had to practice polygamy. He didn't want to. He didn't want to. But it the was Lord so. I mean, him. I mean, I mean, Emma, you need to I mean, fucking the maid him. in the barn. I mean, that. He didn't want to do that. He didn't want to do that like on the hay in, <laughs> in the horse crap. <laughs> Poor Joseph, yeah. honestly. And so, thy husband in his afflictions with consoling words, continue in the spirit of meekness. Meek. And beware of pride. Mm-hmm. Emma, stop it. Let thy soul delight in thy husband and the glory which shall come upon him. So, be, you should be happy about this. Be happy about it. Emma. Your husband is so glorious. Keep my commandments continually and a crown of righteousness thou shalt receive. So, be sweet, meek, be meek, and, and delight in your husband's right. affairs. Right. Okay. I think it's time for a bullshit hymn. Okay. All right. So, uh, do you want to introduce the bullshit hymn? Okay. Love is spoken here. All right. So, this is in like two sections because it's like a, what's it called when? Around. Around. <laughs> okay. And the girls have a part and then the boys right. have a part. Okay. So, girls part first. I see my mother kneeling with our family each day. I hear the words she whispers as she bows her head to pray. Her plea to my father quiets all my fears. And I am thankful love is spoken here. Boys. Mine is a home where every hour is blessed by the strength of priesthood power with father and mother leading the way teaching me how to trust and obey and the things they teach are crystal clear for love is spoken near i can often feel the savior near when love is spoken here (laughs) so in that song it says the exact same things because like as she let's see I hear the word she whispers. First, it's like, you know, she whispers, she's meek. And, um, yeah, bows her head to bray. She's pleading to the Father to quiet all the fears. You know, just being that meek, submissive health meat that they want women to be. And then the boys is like, Christ power. Right? And so I just... Yeah, that song is so imbalanced. And then, with father and mother leading the way, teaching me how to trust and obey. Obey. I hate that word. We don't like the word obey. So, so. Obey. So crappy. So, so bullshitty. It is. Anyway, so there's our little little hymn. So we're going to go on and... Uh, talk about um, some listener experiences that we I asked for on Facebook. So um, I'll read the first one. Um, 
It says, I had a Mormon bishop. So these are listeners that replied to a question I put out on Facebook, like just experiences they'd had with the priesthood. She said, I had a Mormon bishop advise me to marry because I was pregnant. I thought I should follow the priesthood and the bishop spoke for God. My husband was physically and emotionally abusive. He didn't hold down a job. After 10 years and three kids, I left him and went to a women's shelter with the clothes on my back. I was one day from having to lose my I was one day from having to lose my identity and be moved to a new life when he where he couldn't find us. I would have lost my profession and family. I had to live in the safe house for two years as he continued to threaten my life. It's been a long recovery for me and my children. Following the priesthood's advice rather than following my own intuition robbed me of years of peace, but also taught me a great deal about not letting others control your life. Wow. Wow. So it's like she found her holy self. She found finally. her she so found her holy self, thing? but oh my gosh, the pain she, she had to go through. Yeah. That's I'm, horrible. I'm glad she got out of that situation. Yeah. Though. So do you want to read um the next one, Heidi? Okay. So yeah. right there. This one? Okay. Yeah, just right there. Okay. These experiences happened after I left, but highlight the dangerous side of men thinking they willed get uh God power. I'll be generic. It has happened more than once that a family member fell ill or in need of medical care and decided instead to rely on a priesthood blessing for healing. In those moments, I just saw the extreme hubris <laughs> hubris of Mormon men and the harm that could have come to the women and children who had been conditioned to believe hands on heads and some words took care of physical things. So let's talk about priesthood blessings because she brings up an interesting... Mm-hmm. So in the Mormon church, um, priesthood power, um, along with it comes the ability to give blessings. Okay. Like baby blessings, blessings of healing, blessings of comfort. Mm-hmm. So what were you going to say? Okay, so... And they have like this little t- tube of oil or something. Yeah, like consecrated oil. oil yeah. Consecrated oil. Okay, yeah. I have a question. Like, where does that come from? So it's just olive oil. It has okay. to be olive oil. Okay. And then they give a special, they actually bless the oil. They okay. like set it apart and bless it. <laughs> <laughs> and some men, do you know that they like carry a little vial of oil? I mean, the, the, the thought is sweet that mm-hmm. you always have this oil to bless people. Right. But um, it can be taken too far because I think some people do think, and I want to be careful here because I know some people really rely on this idea of of healing uh-huh. through priesthood power and stuff. But so I have I have a lot of personal connection to this because I have I have some health problems. I have some chronic health problems that are just going to be with me through my entire life. I've just come to accept that I have had people in the past when I have had difficulties with it, when I've just been having, I mean, like going through hell and just, I mean, cause you, how do you know, like yeah. I went through some really hard times with some of these health problems and I had people come to me and say, have you thought of getting a priesthood blessing? And at the time that wasn't what I needed to hear. Right. I did get a priesthood blessing and it was comforting, but it didn't heal me. It's be- about as comforting as a hug or something. Right, right. right. <laughs> and it, it didn't heal me. It wasn't magic. And it wasn't because of my lack of faith. Right. right? And, it, and it wasn't It wasn't because of But people talk to me like that. 
Like, didn't you get a priesthood blessing? Didn't you, you know, and people will be like, well, like someone will get cancer and have terminal cancer and they'll be like, well, they got a priesthood blessing acting like, like it's gonna, you know, magically yeah, take the cancer magically away. Magically take the cancer away and, and, um, yeah. And so, and also I have an ex- experience with this too, that, um, I have found out just, just in meeting ex-Mormons and stuff that a lot of these guys that were given the priesthood, it's a lot of pressure to put on men to be, to say, um, you have the power to heal your family, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when a lot of times they're just a guy, a young guy coming home from work, tired as crap, and his kid is really sick, and he doesn't have the power to, he doesn't have the power to heal, and like they knew, they knew that too, but they felt right. pressure that they had to perform and like give this big flowery blessing, and um, it's unfair to the guys too. Yeah. You know, it's just a weird, uh, yeah, I think, I think there's a place for it. I think it's, I think there's, there's sweetness and good intent Right. Behind giving a priest of blessings, but I think they need to be called what they are. Like you said, it's about as good as a hug. Right. Yeah, it just gives comfort. Or someone wishing you well. Right. Or something. But, but I think when you when you dive into the area of it healing healing and and actually solving a problem, I I just don't There's a little bit of false hope yeah, there. There is a little bit of false hope. And I think that can be really hurtful. So, um, and I always thought the oil was kind of weird. Yeah, I did too. And sometimes I would think that I needed to ask, even though it was just like, oh, I'm just going through some shit. I don't need to, yeah, do I really need to ask? And but you felt pressure, right? Like you do need to ask. And I don't know. Anyways, um, I'll read this last one. Uh, it says, I was raised by a single mother. Anytime there was a male priesthood holder in our home, she would openly defer authority to that man. The most common example is if a prayer needed to be said, she would say, as the priesthood holder, could you please call on somebody to say the prayer? I didn't question it as a child or in my teens, but looking back on the message that set, that it sent, it horrifies me. So um, there was a lot of this that came out like when COVID happened because... Um, like single members, because they said, okay, do the sacrament in your home. But single mem- single females couldn't have the sacrament oh. in their home because they didn't have a priesthood holder. Or like people who didn't have a worthy priesthood holder in their home. And so they would be like, I heard someone say, well, the Lord knows your intent. The Lord, the Lord knows that you want to have the sacrament. You'll be okay. Wow. You know, but really only the people that had the priesthood and or were worthy to have the priesthood. So did people actually like bless the sacrament? Yeah. And like, we did it. <laughs> <laughs> How, what'd you put the bread in? Like a little, like on a plate. <laughs> and the water? It's just like a glass of water. <laughs> And so, you know, it was cute. I mean, both because, like, all of my boys had the priesthood at that time. And so we would do a little, you know, sacrament meeting at home. It was a little weird. But 
we did that just a few times because I was pretty much on my way out by then. Yeah. <laughs> so we tried to do it a few times to keep things going. But um, but I know it was really weird for like the single women and, and just just brought to light even further how sexist the church is. Mm-hmm. You know, that these little 11-year-old boys have this power that the women don't have. So do you know, like, they, okay, along when they changed to that boys kick at the priesthood when they were a little bit younger. Mm-hmm. They also were like, this amazing announcement that women can now um, witness baptisms. You know, like, you know when people are baptized and they would have yeah. two men up there witnessing the baptism? Yeah. Well, now they allowed women to do it. They, but they said, women, along with any baptized child, can witness a baptism. So pretty much women they were like oh my gosh can you believe that like women can actually witness baptism it's amazing they're like oh along with eight-year-old children wow (laughs) and so that was like the big when did that happen i think around in 2019 ish oh really yeah so okay yeah so it was pretty recently but it was like this big amazing thing like oh they can finally do something men can do along with eight-year-old children Wow. <laughs> Along with any eight-year-old child. Yeah, so it was just a lot of women kind of felt like that was a little bit of a slap in the face. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like the, you really didn't give us anything. Anyways. Well, thank you. Well, thanks. Thanks so much. So um, that's our that's our little priesthood lesson yeah. <laughs> today. So I want to thank F. Brad Wilcox thank for you, our intro, intro video. So mm-hmm. he, he gives us a lot of a lot of content so and helps us along with our with our topics so do you have anything else to say Heidi I don't think so I don't think so I don't know. so I want to actually I do have something to say so okay I like when we have these discussions about how life was for you on the other side of Mormonism for the 20 years until okay. I joined you okay mm-hmm. so how did it feel for you like because all of us were like we all have a priesthood holder. Like, how how did that play out in your life? Like, the like, did it even? Like, did you ever think about that? Or, I mean, I always kind of felt a little bit less than. Maybe I was being judged. Maybe a little okay. bit guilty. But then, <clears throat> on the other hand, it felt good to not be in the church, and right. So it was really weird because I had two conflicting feelings you know sure so and did you but did you feel like your family was missing out like you're like gosh I wish I had a priesthood holder Mm, no I was more concerned about what other people were thinking about me okay and not necessarily like oh like what 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 you yourself were lacking she needs a blessing (laughs) I don't have anyone that can do it it's like you just took her to the doctor and got stitches right so okay that's it's interesting. If there's things that mm-hmm. things like that that I just wonder about, I'm like, what was Heidi thinking for 20 years? Yeah. So I like that. No, I was more concerned about being judged. Okay. Honestly, weird, huh? Yeah, that is weird. You said that one mm-hmm. time you were like that you were less concerned. You were more concerned about um, like going to hell for not taking your kids to church or something, right? Than right. actually doing something that was benefiting them. Yeah, I was like which, scared of uh, scared of the sounds, internal damnation. Yeah. Or, that's so that's really brainwashy. Like Isn't you, it? you got brainwashed. I know. You did. So so glad that we both got out. <laughs> you got brainwashed. You got brainwashed. What do you think about that? Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
<laughs> so, well, great. I think this was a, a fun episode. Yeah. And um, so we'll be back in a couple weeks. Have a good week. Bye. Bye.